Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Waiting on the Bonus Points, a fantasy Premier League podcast brought to you by the Herald Sports Desk. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Waiting on the Bonus Points. As ever, I'm joined in the studio by gutman Jack Ball. Hello. Uh, we're sadly without now Mr. Emotional Baron Cross, we who has we, moved on. We should have all worn black today, I think, shouldn't we? Yeah, worn sort of black armbands to commemorate <laughs> his, his passing on. But, a minute yeah. of silence, but that wouldn't be great on a podcast. Yeah, or a minute of applause. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we are joined by a guest today. It's his second appearance on our podcast. Uh, it's Tom Cantle from Who Got the Assist, or as we labelled you last time, The Psychologist. Hello, Tom. Hey guys, how you doing? Thanks for having me on the uh, on the pod for the second time. It's uh, it's an honour to be the am I, am I the first return guest. I think I think yeah, technically you are. We we had uh, we had one of the guys in the office come on twice, but he doesn't really count as a guest because, like we say, he's oh, from the enough. office. So yes, that's right. He's first phone, re- phone guest, first, first phone. phone guest. Yeah, breaking uh, records. Yeah. The records uh, are okay. tumbling around this guy. <laughs> um, no, exactly. I'm, I'm the Harry Kane of records. So yeah, cheers guys, thanks very much, um, really looking forward to the show, uh, had a great time last time, so yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah, and, and uh, obviously, yeah, we called you the psychologist, we did attempt to call you the football friend, as in a la in-betweeners, and we completely understand why you weren't too keen on that one, um, but um, yeah, so I mean, perhaps maybe people who weren't here for the previous podcast, perhaps just remind us a little bit about, um, you know, your your style of play when it comes to fantasy Premier League, and you know, why psychology plays such a big part in that. Yeah, uh, so I tend to ask a lot of people, basically, which is why you tried to label me with the in-betweeners friend affair, uh, <laughs> which I wasn't a particularly big fan of. Um, <laughs> just because it reminds you know, you know, when you hear something and it's, it cringes you out, like, <laughs> even though it wasn't the first. Like, oh, I, I don't know. I, I still love that show, but still, when I see that now, I just think, oh, <laughs> it feels so like passe, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I speak to a lot of people basically. Um, I, I tend to like I'm quite active on Twitter and very active on other places like Fantasy Football Scout, and I um, tend to try to canvas other opinions uh, on my team uh, before I make a move. Like I know there's a lot of people. I think mean, Dave, you said in the past that you kind of keep your moves to yourself and yeah. you don't really uh, talk too much to other people about what you're going to do. Um, but whereas I guess I'm the opposite. Uh, the reason for that is. Um, like, I work in a behavioural science agency uh, for, my, for my for my day-to-day job. But the whole, um, I wish I could professionally do uh, WGTA slash FPL, but um, <laughs> unfortunately I've got to pay the bills and stuff. Absolutely. Um, so but in, in that kind of role, um, obviously I've got a fairly decent knowledge of psychology and how that drives behaviour. And a, a key part of why I ask other people what I should be doing and have a kind of opinion of myself and just see how, see how it goes and be open to other views. I truly open not just kind of trying to confirm what I, what I know, um, is because like being objective about things helps you um, get away from a lot, a lot of kind of psychological constraints and how you think. And if it's your individual opinion on, uh, on something, sometimes you can fall, fall prey to a lot of things like biases. Uh, so for example, confirmation bias, which I just referenced, which is when you focus in on something uh, to the end, you want to kind of prove your your kind of analysis or hypothesis, which means which means that you fall prey to this kind of 
cognitive or a mental shortcut of just basically when you're looking at data, looking at information, finding data and highlighting data in your mind, which emphasizes your, your kind of arguments and discarding information, which is the opposite. So I try to be kind of quite, uh, quite conscious of that. Yeah. And hearing, hearing other thoughts from other people, I think, especially if you talk to the community and the other communities and like FFS, but especially Twitter, like the amount of other opinions that are there, the plethora of other views is really, really useful. I think that helps me, you know, really look at my problems with my team <laughs> yeah. from, from all kinds of angles and then hopefully come to a solution based on kind of a lot of information. I'm a researcher, basically. Yeah. That's, that's what I like. I like having all the information to say, yeah, that's what's going on. And with the psychology kind of background that I've got uh, professionally, um, that really, really helps. Yeah, I mean, I have to admit, before you before you came in last time, and I was really aware of, of that kind of approach. Yeah, like you say, I I had I don't I generally don't talk to people about what I'm going to do, and that's mainly because. And to be fair, we've said before on this podcast, haven't we, Jack? That that's probably with a view to avoid a forfeit. Like I don't like to give out to Jack and Baron what my move's going to be this week because if they cover me up uh, with with the same transfer in you know in the hope of avoiding a forfeit. Uh, but but since but since you know um, you know getting into a little bit more about the the things you've talked about, I realise that there are quite a lot of times where I, there's a player I want to get in, or there's a player I don't want to get rid of. And talking to other people, and I have made sure the people I talk to about my team are not Jack and Baron. No offence <laughs> to them. Um, you know, people like yourself, as you know, you know, kind of just discussing things a little bit more. That's when you start to notice. Oh well, maybe I should take that player out because you know other people have said, well, actually, he's a, he's a big issue. So it's it's definitely really helpful. And, and I think it's a, I think. A lot of the people I've grown up playing fantasy Premier League with are perhaps a bit more like myself in that they're a bit too scared of giving too much away. But I think you know you've shown from um, what you guys do on who got the assist that you know there's no reason why you can't you know help share information. So um, it's definitely a, a, a decent approach for people to take if uh, if they're looking for a new style if this season isn't working. If they're not if they're not having a forfeit to do. Yeah, well that is true. The forfeit does complicate things, which actually is where we obviously always like to start. So we're gonna have a quick recap of the most recent week and uh, we are going to start with Jack this week uh, simply because we, we will confirm straight away that it, the first forfeit of the post Baron era has fallen to Mr Jack Ball because this week you got how many points? 33 points but I also took an 8 point hit so, so 25 points it was an absolutely shocking week and it's just so depressing I, I, just, I just cannot I, I'm, I'm ple- I said on my podcast earlier my biggest uh block this season has been my own brain and I've just <laughs> and, and this this podcast has ruined me this year I, I, I mean you, you both spoke there about listening to other people's opinions I mean I think if I listened to other people's opinions I would end up in a, some sort of mental asylum somewhere <laughs> like in a padded cell just chanting these names backwards and forwards I just don't know what I'm doing anymore <laughs> I've absolutely lost the plot I can't even explain my own decisions which makes makes this podcast well, very difficult should we have a I mean thankfully Jack your forfeit doesn't actually involve you recapping your team so like in the past we've had you rap what happened We've had you. I mean, you had me do opera the other week, so I mean, I should get you back for that at some point. But um, take us take us through what happened with your team in a few short minutes, and then whilst you're prepping your forfeit, that's when me and Tom can have a look at back what happened with us. So, yeah. yeah. So well, it started with obviously I had Mares in my team for quite a while now, and I knew he wasn't going to play. So straight away, I thought I need to get rid of him. Um, even if he did come back, which I don't think he's going to come back this weekend either, from what I've read. But even if he does, you don't know what sort of mental state he's going to be in, and, and whether he, how his teammates going to play with him. So. So it came out and I jumped on the uh, walk-up bandwagon. Yeah, um, at the wrong time. Also, also to save money as well. And I'm still optimistic that that might work out in the coming weeks. Um, but he obviously only got two points. And don't ask me what possessed me to take an eight-point hit. I really don't know. I've, I've, just, <laughs> I've just given it. I just don't... I do not know why I did it, but I did it anyway. And I also brought in Maguire. He got me two points for... 
Who did I bring him in for? I can't remember who I brought uh, him in for. John Joe Kenny, it says here. John Joe Kenny. So yeah. you, know, you know more about my team. This is, proves my point. I've just totally lost the plot. And I also brought in Wilson for um, for departure. You which see, I've got to admit, like, I actually think on paper your transfers made a lot of sense. I mean, the eight-point hit is harder to justify. Although t- we, will, we will talk a little bit later as we look about um, you know planning for the double game weeks. That hits around this stage of the season can be beneficial if it stops you from doing a wild card. So... I mean, I was thinking about an eight point here. I mean, I'll be honest with you, it's got to the point where I'm so far behind you, what's another eight points? That's sort of the, yeah. sort of the mentality <laughs> that I'm now thinking. And, and it's just captain again. Every, I mean, I, don't, I haven't looked back at the stats, but I must have picked the, my best player's captain maybe once this season. I mean, De Bruyne got me two points. Oh. And Wilson, he had such a good fixture. And he just gets two points. Maguire, I thought he could have kept a clean sheet, only two points. And okay, I didn't expect that much from Walcott against Arsenal necessarily, but just an absolute disaster. So Salah was the only one that got me more than four points. It was an absolute. I mean, to be fair, the the worldwide average is forty three, so it was a tough week for everyone. But nothing worked. For yeah, me. I mean, it was your. Well, as we have worked out, it's your worst net score of the season. You had lower than thirty three before, but the eight point hit takes you down mm. twenty five, which is too lower than your. So it was a. It was a horrible. Week. I suppose the saving grace is that no one had a particularly good week. Yeah, so even though it's really been a bad, bad week, week for me, it's been bad for a lot of people. I mean, as 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 uh, me and Tom will talk about in just a minute, like it was bad for a lot of people. So I mean, you've kind of. I mean, again, you've picked another good week to do it in. It's worth saying. I mean. Uh, <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> yeah. Do I, do I win a prize for that? Uh, well, we can rustle up maybe like a free spoon or something so we can rustle up. It's worth mentioning actually that Barron obviously has had a very good season and while he's not here, I thought it was, people may still be interested to see what he'd done this week and he actually brought in Wilson as well and actually captained him. So, you know, I mean, you know, four points he got out of it. So, I mean, most people had a blank captain so it's not the end of the world but I mean, fair play for him for trying it. Um, but, you know, so the Wilson transfer in made a lot of sense for a lot of people and it just hasn't paid off. So, so then, Jack, that means that you... Oh, so, you but ironically, didn't he get rid of Calvert-Lewin? Uh, yes, he did. Who, who, who scored. Who scored. So but he was... I mean, as we'll see... It's, it's worth pointing out. Anything that is, is a bit negative of Baron, it's worth pointing out because he's had such a good season. That is true. That we have to point these things out. That is true. So that, just, that leads us on to your forfeit then. So it's quite simple this week, and we discussed it before. We have said we'd like to do uh, a celebrity centre wall with you. But... We, but you've made a good point that in our line of work we can't have you accidentally we can't have you sending these kinds of messages to the manager of Plymouth Argyle because I don't really think he'll get what's going on I don't really want to be sacked preferably that, that, would, that would be a good outcome if I'm not sacked by the end of the week exactly so um, I've actually picked seven people for you to send a text to um, and uh, so it's your mum your dad so I mean you know it's not that embarrassing but still hopefully embarrassing enough your brother uh, Brett I believe he's called yeah, yeah. Uh, your housemate whose name eludes me Aaron Aaron uh, Richard Amofa have you got his number he, uh, well, I've deleted it after he abandoned ship oh, no, I, I, I think I do still have it yeah <laughs> uh, Stuart James obviously is our sports editor who's yeah. just in the next room um, and then Danny Salmon who's one of our <laughs> who's one of our columnists here at the Herald um, he's a former Plymouth Argyle player but he unlike people who currently work for the club is a little bit more on board with the banter so um, I, I, feel, I feel like he's a good person to choose so I've written out your text I will read it out for the listeners to, for benefit and then obviously whilst you're typing it up because it's quite long that's when me and Tom will delve into what happened with us so um, it reads like this it says I've got some bad news that I'm really upset about as you know I've been working on the Fantasy Premier League podcast at the Herald this season and I thought I'd really enjoy it I was having a lot of fun with it, but unfortunately, my team just isn't good enough to compete with David and Beren, who are much better at this than me. Because I've been doing so badly, they've kicked me off the podcast indefinitely. I am so upset and so annoyed, so I was wondering, could you please come with me to Bristol Zoo next week so we can see the sloths together? 
That would cheer me up. I don't think there's any sloths Jack. at Bristol. No, no, just... I googled there are sloths oh, at Bristol, that? yeah. I didn't know that. I need, to, I need to go to Bristol. Yeah, we should just point out, I don't think we've mentioned this before, Jack is just very obsessed with sloths. He once spent, what, an hour filming one in Tenerife, something like that? It didn't really move much, but yeah. I've still got, I've still got just, that footage from He loves sloths. So that, that was the way that we'd make this believable. So I'll just hand that piece of paper over to you. I don't know if you sign your text, Jack. No. I mean, so I mean, perhaps maybe just don't put that, but you know, as, as Michael McIntyre always double checks, like make sure you sign it how you would sign a text. And then hopefully... Uh, we'll get some replies to that. So, uh, um, while Jack's quickly typing that up, uh, Tom, let's talk about your team this week in Game Week 26, which, as we've said, was like dreadful for a lot of people for a lot of reasons. I mean, what was the biggest disappointing thing for you? Um, I think for me, it's, the, uh, it's, it's another tale of a missed penalty. <laughs> um, I brought in Alexis Sanchez. Um, he was only kind of 4% owned, and now he's kind of just, just reached 5% owned. And they had Huddersfield at home, um, and you know, we, we know what Sanchez can do. I'm sure we might, we might come on to him a bit later, perhaps in terms of new uh, like kind of tra- transfers in uh, in January. Um, but yeah, he had Huddersfield at home. It's very hard to write stats, if I'm honest and candid, and, and mm-hmm. kind of say there were stats behind my decision. Uh, the context obviously could be different between playing at Man United and playing at Arsenal. And uh, but we know how good a player Sanchez is. And um, you know, 24 goals and this last season, 264 points, is averaging 213 points a season. I saw that the ownership under five percent. You know, it's a big differential for me. I'm 200. And, I'm oscillating between 250k at the moment. Um, saw that. Thought big differential for me. I'm. I'm just. I'm going to go for it against Huddersfield as well. And uh, unfortunately, you know, he missed a penalty. If he'd have scored <laughs> that penalty outright, obviously he scored, which is a tantamount to an assist. But if he'd have got that penalty outright, he'd have gotten the goal, he'd have probably got two bonus points, and that would have been a successful kind of punt, although obviously I should have probably captained Salah, as <laughs> we probably should all be captaining Salah, <laughs> yeah. all week, all, every week, no matter what. Um, but, um, yeah, it was a bit of a shame. It was a bit unlike it. Again, uh, I don't know. I don't know uh, if you think I'm just trying to cover my own back by saying it's unlucky, but I really think it was unlucky. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I it think was. I'm going to give it to give it to him again this week. Yeah, I mean, like you said, I mean, while you there's there's very few stats to back up what Sanchez could do at United. Like you said, there were stats to back up what he had done at Arsenal, and putting him in, I think we can probably agree. Although I know you're an Arsenal fan, that United are a better team, I think, offensively. Um, you'd assume his output would be as good. And yeah, like you, you've been unlucky because effectively if that ball was, what, an inch to the right of um, Lerzel, then yeah, like you said, you'd have got those extra points. Um, it wouldn't have gone down to assist. There would have been then bonus points as well. Um, I think there was just a lot of bad luck in this game week. I mean, uh, we both had Alonso and obviously he didn't play on Monday night as well. And, and I think a lot of people were hoping that he would save the game week. And I mean, obviously that was kind of, um, that was countered by the fact that um, Chelsea conceded so many goals in the end that actually it didn't matter if you had Victor Moses or Marcus Alonso, you still got zero points. Um, so I mean, and there was just—I mean, again—I mean, like I—I I had Mariapa as my first sub, so he was—he was close to coming into replacing Alonso for eight points, as we were talking about on Monday night, and that would have been fantastic. But then, you know, the game just completely exploded. You know, Hazard got that goal, and all the bonus points went elsewhere because Watford scored loads more goals. And um, yeah, I mean, and, and I, I had Aguero as well, who um, you know, I think it made sense to captain him, you know, on the form that he's in and the ownership that he's got. So yeah, I, absolutely. I think it's just like you said, we just. There's bad luck again, but I suppose the frustrating thing is, and um, I think we've all been sort of saying it in a lot of the content that we've been putting out recently, that we seem to be having one of these weeks, like every week, like every week, everyone goes, well, I didn't do that well, um, but hey, everybody else was the same. And I feel like we just say that every week. I don't know if you think there's a bit of a strange season. 
Yeah, it definitely is. I, I don't know what I don't know what it is about it. I think that's going to be one where over the summer Nick and I are going to kind of you know really hunker down together and really think about what happened. For our, we'll do like a future trend series and do like yeah. a re- like a review of the season just gone and what was so different about it and how that might um, you know translate into next year and how that how we kind of think things are going to happen next year so I think at the start of last season for example Nick predicted that it was going to be a, a strong back line I predicted that we're going to have a lot of choice and, and these kind of things that have definitely come true um, I th- this year I think having a strong start has been so important yeah definitely um, just because like there are a lot of players myself you know uh, people at FPL Connect who were on the pod with last night and another guy in the community FPL Guidance um, they're very have historically done fairly well and um, last the kind of this season it's just been a shocker all round like you know decisions have not been paying off as Nick keeps pointing out to me on our pod um, you know hits um, where that has been the currency that I've thrived on in the past <laughs> in terms of um, you know making a hit and getting the get, get, getting the reward immediately um, that just hasn't happened to me this year this year has been it's been, it's been one that rewards a conservative player um, and that kind of has definitely suited some in the community who tend to be a bit more cautious anyway. Um, how it, like And stuff like, you know, Man United doing so well in the beginning, meaning that if you did have a like, Man United defensive cover, we were all pretty slow to get on that if yeah. you have one already. Um, it, like, a lot of injuries, a, a lot of stuff, uh, like Sergio Aguero crashing into a taxi, uh, crashing in a taxi, <laughs> crashing into a taxi, didn't yeah. it? Uh, crashing in a taxi, you know, if it wasn't for his misfortune in a higher carriage, um, <laughs> we'd, we, we'd have all had quite a decent kind of um, first wild card, perhaps I think the majority of people wild card between game week six and seven and eight, um, but like a lot of plans were just thrown completely out the window by that, and okay. add to that Harry Kane being an unpredictable force in the beginning of the season, and Mo Salah, who we're going to speak about in a bit, I'm sure, like um, being a bit... Uh, like avoiding the limelight of captaincy a little bit. Yeah. Um, it, 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 it is a very, very strange season in a lot of ways, and uh, it'll be really interesting, I think, at the end of it to, to sit down and look at it and think, wow, what the hell just happened there? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean, I think for us uh, here on our podcast, it has felt even stranger because of our forfeits, just because it does change the way we, we do like to play as well. So, I mean, for, for us, we've sort of felt it in a, in a double sense, which does lead me very nicely onto the fact that Jack has typed out his text and is about to send it. And, uh, I've already sent it. Yeah, we've sent it already. Sent it. Ah, he sent it already. He's jumped the gun um, and checked with the producer that everything was fine. I've already so, had one reply. Already have, oh, we have one reply. Here we go. From what? Stuart James, From our Stuart, boss. All oh, right, he, he says, says, I'm sorry to hear that. Do you need another Lude? <laughs> <laughs> there we go. He might have got me next to Wait, Turn around and say, yes, I need a Lude for that. <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, right, so yeah, we've we've recapped on our on our what happened in game week twenty six, which obviously we are still left with lots of questions about what mm-hmm. we're going to do going forward. So um, we've had some questions that have come in uh, from uh, what well, we've actually run a feature uh, this morning, uh, FBL Question Time, where people have sent in some questions, and uh, Tom's obviously uh, contributed to that, and a few of the other guys in the FBL community have as well. And we had a few questions left over, so we're going to sort of have a look at those as our Q and A this week to reward those who showed interest in FBL Question Time. So the first question is from Thorgan H. D, who says, should I sell Son Hyung Min? And I've sort of tacked on to his question, you know, and what are the implications for other Spurs midfielders? Um, Jack, um, you had, you've sold Son yeah, recently, yeah. haven't you? So, I mean, what was your thought behind that? Because that might go some way to answering Thorgan's question. Well, I, I had some money. As with every question, we always answer, it depends on how much money you've got in the That's bank. True. I was able to sell Son and upgrade to De Bruyne, which I think across the season will be great. Um, but... 
he has good spurs, doesn't he? But I think there are players out there that aren't much more. If you have that money to shift around, there's definitely better players out there, I'd say. And in terms of other other uh, Spurs midfielders, Spurs are a weird team, aren't they? You just when you just when they get going and you think they're going to kick on, and you you always think, oh, I'll captain someone. It, it doesn't always go the way you think. And they've got who have they got next? They've got Arsenal. Next. Unpredictable game, I think. I mean, yeah, we it's... think there'll be goals, but it, I mean, the thing is, you've you mentioned a key thing there. I think with Spurs, you, you feel like you understand the trends, mm. and then they change. So, I mean, me and Baron just the other night uh, before he 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 moved on, uh, we were to, it was the game. I think it was game week twenty four. So it was when they were playing Man United. So it was it wasn't the most recent game. We we were sort of jokingly saying to each other like. You know, with with I think we were talking about um, the Kane exit thing that's been going around, and whenever you see a Spurs, say if you're not following the game on Twitter and you see a tweet comes out from Spurs saying we scored a goal, you just you just assume that it's going to be that little gif of Harry Kane sticking his thumbs up, and then of course in that game he had like ridiculous amount of shots. I think it might have been ten, and the goals were Christian Eriksen and Phil Jones' own goal. So I mean. Spurs are one, certainly one of these teams that you think you understand the trends behind who's scoring the goals and who isn't, and then they just go and change. But then, you know, you look at another midfielder who had earlier in the season is Ericsson, and f- three game weeks ago he got no points. Well, yeah, well, he, he got very little points. And they've got 10 points against Manchester United, again, yeah. which is always a team you don't expect where they do it. But I think there are they're far better players elsewhere, the further teams, especially if you can shift that money around. I think Son. There's no doubting he's a good player. Yeah, but he he just has spurts where he just doesn't do anything, and we all know how frustrating Harry Kane's been this season, <laughs> and his overall point score this season has been fantastic. I think Spurs are one of the most frustrating teams in the Premier League at the moment because you just don't know what you're going to get. At least with some teams like Liverpool, you always know there will be goals. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Spurs are a bit hit and miss on there. I mean, what do you think, Tom? I mean, um, Son obviously has had good form recently, especially at home. Ericsson seems a bit unpredictable. I mean, what do you think about the Spurs midfield? Um, well, I think for for their price, but. Uh, Ericsson and you know, Deli Ali's going down as well. Um, I, th- I think he, those two are ones that um, like I- I'd probably be selling because they are for their price. Like you know, they haven't got a uh, fixture in thirty-one. It's looking like at the moment. So maybe you'd be looking at a Walcott, or maybe you're looking at a, uh, a Mane perhaps there. Um, so, but Son's an interesting one because you know Son's always one of the players that I, I like to own just because he's such a direct threat goal um, and the points per minute for Son is, has always been very very good um, however I think uh, Jack's kind of right there because there are ways in which things have become different um, and Spurs are unpredictable and Poch has definitely been deploying Son a bit differently so I did a comparison of Son between game weeks 23 and 24 and the last two game weeks and, and what we see on the heat map is that Son in the in those kind of game weeks 23 24 when he was smashing it was very much coming in off the left and playing as an inside forward Recently, he's actually been playing in the centre a lot. And in fact, he's on the right-hand side a fair little bit. And that's translated to his stats as well. Um, so he's been taking less attempts. Um, he's been creating less chances. And, um, sorry, he's been creating more chances in the last couple of game weeks compared to um, comp- compared to the way he was before. So it looks like he's kind of trying to assume more of a creative role as part of that front three. I don't really know why he's doing that. And, <laughs> and he's also kind of changed position. And it might be one where you might look at the next fixtures of Spurs, which are quite good. So they've got Arsenal, where that is historically a fairly decent scoring uh, London derby. But they've got four good fixtures in Palace, Huddersfield, Bournemouth and Newcastle. So it might be holding on to him. It's quite a nice little differential in of itself. Mm. However, the fact they haven't got a 31, that Newcastle game actually is a blank. 
um, might make you think, you know what, I should probably be getting Walcott in here, um, who does have a fixture or something like that. Yeah. One of the things I find crazy, I just find it absolutely amazing that Ericsson's worth 9.2 and Sterling's worth 9. <laughs> I think that's just, almost, just just absolutely balmy. And if, you don't, if you're not trying to get differentials, then I don't see why you wouldn't pick Sterling over, over Ericsson. Of course, you might have them both. But Yeah, I mean, I think that... I mean, we'll come into that a little bit later, I think, with the subject about... Um, Mo, we're going to talk about uh, Mo Salah and perhaps maybe why he's been out of the limelight more than he should have done. It's, it's interesting, isn't it, that a lot of the people who've done well this year have, have kind of done it from a price bracket they're probably not really deserving to be in. And then mm. I think maybe people are put off because they think the form will, will drip off. But, I mean, um, I, think, I think Tom's mentioned a good point about um, the Spurs midfield about that game week 31, which is obviously the first time that the FA Cup and the Premier League um, are, are due to take place on the same day, which means we're likely to have a blank game week then. Um, because our next question from Brendan has asked, should I get some Watford cover? Obviously, they beat Chelsea 4-1 on Monday night um, in, in quite an exciting game, and, and they seem to have done pretty well under their new manager. And the key thing is is that they, they do have a fixture in game week 31. Um, so perhaps maybe the likes of um, Gerard De La Feu, I don't know if I pronounced that correctly, it's one of those tricky ones to pronounce, or perhaps maybe... Oh, it's, it's, I'll tell you what, it's quite refreshing for you to not be sure about how to <laughs> pronounce the say. name. I'm normally the Paul Merson of the group. Yeah, exactly. So we're going to talk about Watford now. Uh, obviously, Tom's made a very good point. Uh, of, of considering game week 31 because that is a is a game week in which uh, Everton have a fixture obviously Theo Walcott is potentially um, one to look at but if you are maybe trying to save a bit of money and you want someone who you know will play in game week 31 um, then some Watford cover could be useful they're doing quite well under their new manager four goals against um, Chelsea a lot of people have a look at Gerard De La Feu or some of the other midfield I mean I've still got Richarlison in my team, so I'd love to hear that. You know, we need to be keeping hold of our Watford midfielders. So, what do we think, Jack? How, how is Decore still getting points? <laughs> I had him at the start of the season. I got rid of him. I don't know why. When, when you see games like this against Chelsea, where he got two assists, I think it was, and ten points, and a few weeks ago he got nine points against Southampton. You just think for five point four, I think he is. Oh, what, how is he still doing it? Because when you watch him, when you watch any game, he's he's not really in the game in, in attacking sense. And then out of nowhere, <laughs> he either produces some stunning goal from you know whacking it in from a corner or you know corners taken in and he whacks it in. We just assists out of absolutely nowhere he's like some sort of superhero I don't know how he does it it is weird like someone was telling me a couple of weeks ago that actually if you're looking for points per million um, if, for best sort of like um, yeah, best points per million across the whole midfield Decore is the winner because he's on 109 points yeah, at the moment and, and he's so cheap and I think that you've, you've picked up on a really good point about Decore is the fact that he ne- he never looks like he's going to do anything so his underlying stats are like effectively not worth investing in but his points are that's the thing it depends how you come at the game now if you, if you come at this FPL having watched a lot of football you, you'll see how little he's in the game and think do you know what it's going to stop at some point because yeah. he's barely in this match but then if you like I said if you just looked at stats and didn't watch any of the football you'd think well why, don't, why doesn't everyone have him yeah I mean it, it's just the fact that whenever he tries anything he seems to do it so like whenever he does shoot he will score but he just doesn't shoot very often so I think he's like a gamble pick like he's someone who you have absolutely no statistical reason to pick other than the fact that he has done he has you know, posted impressive goals and assists outside of that. Consistently but, as well. Yeah, I mean, it is, it is so strange. I mean, I mean, what about you, Tom? Have you looked at Watford at all, obviously, with yeah, a view to having we, them in uh, definitely have. So uh, we looked at the double Ds, uh, Delefeu and Ducore last night for our pods. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, Delefeu is an interesting one. Obviously, he hasn't been in the prep for a while. Uh, back in 2015-16, he got uh, two goals and nine assists for Everton. He got 5.5 crosses a game, 1.3 chances created per game. Um, what's interesting, actually, uh, you're kind of right. So Ducore is one of those players who looks like a languid, deluxe uh, Etienne Capoue. Um, but actually, uh, the last four games, um, he's actually been outstatting your man Richarlison. Oh, has he? Um, oh, no. He has, yes, indeed. 
Um, so obviously he's been involved with 2% of the goals, whereas Richards has done nothing. <laughs> Except um, miss. <laughs> yeah, that's it. it uh, in, terms of, in terms of goal attempts, they're actually fairly even. So Decorious had 8, uh, Richards had 10. Um, oh, right. And Decorious had more of his shots on target. So he's had three, uh, three shots on target, uh, whereas Richards just had one, unsurprisingly. <laughs> yeah. And, and he's been creating chances at a much higher rate than Richardson. So he's created one every 51 minutes. He's created seven chances, whereas Richardson's created just one in the oh, last man. few games. I, I, um, his XG is higher to Corey, 0.85 oh, right. to 0.65 for Richardson. So, I mean, maybe we unfairly labelled him at the beginning of the season as a <laughs> bit of a deluxe compared. And maybe we should be thinking again, well, you know, is this guy basically Frank Lampard in disguise? Like, <laughs> is, he, is he the man who's going to be making a difference to that Watford team? You know, give him the ball and he's going to smash it to the back of the net somehow. Uh, I agree with what you say, like, to the eye test, he just looks like a tidy midfielder. But if he does unleash a shot, that shot does seem to go in. I think I've, I've caught three of his goals, and that's basically all he's done all game. I've only known the possible sideways. Um, so, yeah, no, I mean, the Duke is definitely a player that, you know, I, I'm now thinking about, like, seriously, thinking, well, if people who have had him in, um, a lot of people, perhaps he's, he may be in a lot of kind of underutilised teams, so to speak. Um, but maybe he might be one with the game of 31 ahead, the next three fits are fairly good. Um, just to pop in as the fifth as the fifth midfielder. Unfortunately, he's a little bit a little bit more expensive than the uh, than the spot normally demands. So mm. he's probably looking at a three-five-two. But to be honest, I've got Chupo Moting, right? And and you know he, he's he's rubbish, frankly. I don't know why I was doing bringing him. <laughs> um, so um, you know, could I be thinking, yeah, I'm just going to side grade that, save 0.1 and go again I, I don't know but yeah I think the Duke is definitely worthy of uh, us thinking again about about what he can uh, offer to our team mm, yeah definitely um, it's interesting to know that he's outperforming Richarlison as well I mean as I was tweeting on Monday night I feel like I'm probably more of an FPL fraud than I thought I was with the fact that I still haven't got rid of him but sometimes you know as you'll all know sometimes you've got bigger things to deal with but um, that particular game obviously has obviously generated not just questions about Watford but huge huge questions about Chelsea um, and virtually every anyone who's covering FPL at the moment is is, is fielding the question from um, you know their, their audience you know what do we do about Chelsea because you know that, that game against Bournemouth you know Perhaps maybe we could put it down as a blip. That's what a lot of people said. Mm. You know, they're going to play a Watford side that's Watford side that's horrendously out of form. Surely they're going to make things right. But no, they went and conceded four. They completely capitulated at the end. I mean, they didn't really look like doing much all game, and then uh, to concede those goals right at the end. I mean, got, they got the equaliser very late, yes. and you sort of thought they're going to put it in a nick of winner. Yeah, you know? I mean, it's so strange. so seven goals conceded in two games against effectively mid-table opposition, both of whom you could argue have been in the relegation battle this season. Um, we, we for a long time we've all been talking about you know getting rid of Hazard. I mean, I did it the week that he scored twice against Brighton. Um, those who sort of well connected with the FPL community will know that FPL generals have an absolute nightmare with Hazard this year. But I think we're all generally agreed that if you're going to have anyone, it's Marcus Alonso. And then he didn't play on Monday night because he had a precautionary something. Like no one's really quite sure what's wrong with Alonso. So it's got everybody asking this question: Should we just get rid of Alonso? I mean, Tom, you've got Alonso. Um, what are your thoughts about what you're going to do with him? Yeah, is it a case of a long go? Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Nick made a good point last night that Alonso, throughout the course of the season, like we know how ridiculous the attacking years. You know, forty-nine attempts he's had this season, which is almost double the man in seconds, uh, which is Bellerin. 
but over the last six, over the last four, sorry, I mean, obviously it's only three games. Um, he's only had, he's had nine attempts, which is still top. Uh, but herring after him are Daryl Janmat uh, <laughs> wow. and his fellow Dutchman Virgil Van Dijk, both on seven. Wow. And in fact, Van, Van Dijk's had six attempts in the box in the last four, um, which also includes a, a blank game for him as well, I believe. So that's actually three. Um, which is pretty, pretty like you know, with the fixtures coming. Obviously, I think it goes without saying, keep him in your side for West Brom. Mm, yeah, um, definitely. But, but after after that, they play both Manchester, uh, both Manchester teams away, and you can, uh, yeah, they've got they've got a, pick, a good fixture list again from game week thirty two, which is when I'm considering playing my wild card anyway. Um, so it might be the case that I I've got, I've got him in at seven point zero, and I've kept him in all season. I can now bank 0.2 on him. Hopefully he'll drop because other people will be thinking what I'm thinking. That sounds like a conservative uh, slogan, doesn't it? <laughs> it was a Tory slogan from back in the Michael Howard days. Anyway, um, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so hopefully other people will be on board. Uh, it's probably what you should say. Cut that bit, John. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> and hopefully, you know, later, later on in the season he'll be good. I mean, there's always the threat of him scoring goals. Like, yeah. He has scored a big game this season. He got a brace against Spurs in game week two. Obviously got that goal against Arsenal to make it 2-2, in the 2-2 uh, the other week, um, which was obviously great. Um, but there, there might be a, a reason why you keep him. I might keep him because I've got other fives to put out, for example. So I might as well just hope he scores something and get rid of him in game week 31 for the blank. Um, but removing him, could definitely be something which could help you spread money around if, yeah. you def- if you've got nowhere else to go. Um, you know, getting a Van Dyke in means you've suddenly got you know, one point one point six plus uh, to spend elsewhere. Um, so that could be definitely something that I'd be considering. Even Hazard, get him out of your team. Don't have him near your team. Don't be <laughs> mad. Um, Thibaut Courtois, uh, au revoir Courtois. Um, he can't <laughs> be in your team either. Um, so yeah, I think Alonso is one maybe to persevere with, um, but. Yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, Jack's obviously got Victor Moses, so he's kind of got the, um, I don't want to say the, the bargain version of Alonso, because obviously he is still quite expensive, but, you know, he is cheaper and occasionally does bring something like he did against Brighton. What, what are you thinking with, with Chelsea's well, I, re- I remember at Christmas we were all saying how great Chelsea's fixtures were, how we were going to load up on Chelsea yeah. players, how we were going to be having, you know, having points raining down on us from all angles, <laughs> but it's just, it's just not happened, has it? And no. they've got some tough fixtures coming up. You know, they've got obviously got the West Brom. Then they got Man U and Man City. Then they've got other cup games as well. I, I think he's definitely on my uh, to-go list. Moses. I think, uh, as Tom said, with the money I could even say, well, Moses is maybe not as much as Alonso, but that could go elsewhere and possibly get me a uh, decor in the field. <laughs> no, no, but seriously, yeah. I've, I've, even the strikers, Morato, he's just been. He was, you know, a bit like Lukaku, who I know scored a bit recently, but just, you couldn't afford to not have him at the start of the season, really. And he did. They've just gone totally. Pete Tong, haven't they? Mm, yeah, it's, it, it is so strange. I mean, I think a lot of it comes down to there's clearly something wrong behind the scenes at Chelsea, and I think that they are definitely a team that. I mean, we always, always in the fantasy Premier League um, community, will always say that when you when you sign anyone, it's baseball. It's, you want a perfect combination of form and fixtures, um, and certainly over the next three, Chelsea's form, 
uh, in over the last three has been very dicey. I mean, like you said over Christmas, we were looking at this run of fixtures and thinking, "Whoa, I can't wait for them to play Bournemouth and Watford. They'll get loads of points out of those." Conceded seven goals in those two games. But then it wouldn't surprise me. And then some tough fixtures end up keeping well, clean sheets and winning three 0 That's it's just it's, it's these are the types of things that really make you angry. <laughs> yeah, that is true. I, I don't mean, care. I don't care about Chelsea fans. What about FPL managers? Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah, we don't care about Chelsea fans worried about their club in disarray. <laughs> we all wor- worried about Rob. What was your team called again? To look at me go. Yeah. To look at me go. Fans. They're the ones who really need to, to look worry. at me not go. It should be really <laughs> <laughs> to look at me fall. <laughs> um, so yes, yeah, so that brings us to the end of our questions from the community. So we've got a few questions that we'd like to discuss ourselves that we always kind of um, pull out for ourselves. And um, last week we talked about um, the January transfer, um, the people who'd moved, specifically those who moved on deadline day. Um, and we, we basically came to the conclusion, as most people would, that it's probably a good idea just to kind of wait and see how things go, you know, get a lie of the land in terms of how those players settle into their new teams. Um, we've had a little bit of time now, obviously, to... Um, to, to have a think about, you know, we've seen where they play. Um, so we're going to have a look at those in just a sec. Although, Jack, you did say you've got some reply, some further replies to your forfeit oh, text. Um, yeah, apologies to... Uh, that's just... Uh, let's see what they've said. So my brother has replied, who I should point out is vegetarian. Oh, right. And he said, I don't agree with zoos, I'm afraid. <laughs> that, that's it. There's no, no worry about me being booted off the podcast. My flatmate has replied saying, someone had the forfeit then. And a laugh emoji. Go to the zoo on your own. <laughs> Oh, dear, you seem um, right through um, it. And um, best of all, possibly a bit concerning, my mum said, ring me when you can talk. Oh, <laughs> that's so, nice. <laughs> uh, yeah. No no reply from former Argyle and former Premier, Premiership player Danny Salmon. Oh, yeah, uh, play, for, play for Millwall in the 90s, he's, he's you know. Playing, he's probably waiting outside the door. I'm gonna yeah, he's going to beat you up. I <laughs> oh, used to play for Millwall. Anyway, so um, <laughs> we sidetracked a little bit. I'm going to make sure he listens to that. <laughs> Out, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm gonna have to be very careful now. That's right, fine. I'm, actually, I'm sitting in Millwall at the moment, actually. Oh dear. Well, we're trying That's not to upset right. you as well. <laughs> come up, come after us with a baseball bat. I have a lot of well-dressed people coming after you. If it was me. <laughs> um, yeah, so keep a, keep us uh, posted, Jack, on what uh, replies you do get. But uh, as I should say, sorry, I, I, I wasn't gonna make this, but I probably should. That's my mum's replied to me. I don't want to speak to her because she's not gone above me in the league table again by uh, two points. I'm actually bottom of my family list again. My brother's also above me. So. That's fantastic. You're on a podcast about Fantasy Premier League and your mum and your brother have more points than you. Yeah. That is fantastic. I blame, this, fantastic. I blame this podcast solely <laughs> for my downfall. We're getting, we're getting a little bit distracted, so let's pull ourselves, let's pull ourselves back into some serious serious debate here. Um, yeah, so as I said, we're going to look at the, the people who have moved around deadline day a few days before and have a quick look um, how they've got on. I mean, Tom, you've already touched on Alexis Sanchez. Um, you know, um, you said you're quite confident of him going forward. I mean, obviously, when you have a player that's that expensive, I guess your team until game week 31-32, when you're looking at wildcarding, is going to be built around him. You've seen enough to, to keep him in that position? No, definitely not. In the last game, um, it's worth noting that he had more shots than any other midfielder, um, and there were a few kind of naysayers who were just like, "What are you doing? Like, why are you getting this player in? We don't know enough." Um, but sometimes it is worth taking that risk. Um, he's definitely staying for Newcastle. He's got a fairly easy game next with Chelsea uh, after that with Chelsea. Then um, he's got Crystal Palace and he's got Liverpool. I say fairly easy with Chelsea because uh, who knows what's going on there. Yeah. Um, but um, I don't know because he's so expensive, right? He's eleven point eight. And if he doesn't perform versus Newcastle, like either I hold him or he becomes a really nice piggy bank. Like I'm in the funny situation where he's eleven point eight a piggy bank potentially, or Alonso is a piggy bank, and it's who do I keep and who's going to maximise my uh, my potential for getting differential points compared to other people. And um, that's the key of uh, keeping hold of Sanchez. 
Uh, we know what Sanchez can do. Like, he's going to be the first name on the team sheet, I, I, I'd argue, for Manchester United this season. And um, is it just going to be the case that keeping hold of him and, and you know, inevitably he is going to bang? And if, yeah. if you are kind of in close proximity of that bang by owning him, then surely that's a good thing. Um, but it's just, it's just whether he's going to be um, an effective use of my resources compared to other options. And that's something I'll have to size up, especially once I know kind of Newcastle, because Huddersfield and Newcastle were the two I, I brought him in for and, and kind of thought I'd just captain. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I think that the money is, 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 a, is a big thing. I mean, Jack, you, you like to... Um, like to bring in people who other people don't have. So I mean, theoretically on paper, if you could afford it, Sanchez I, is at this time of the season is someone I would expect you to sign. I mean, what have you thought about? No, if money's an object, then obviously he's definitely there. But sadly, money for me is an object in FPL, and <laughs> he, he just wouldn't fit into my team at the moment. Um, you're quite right. I've, I've been trying to get different players to what you and Baron have had all season, but so far it's just absolutely backfired. I've, you know, if I wasn't doing this podcast, I would have brought in Alonso ages ago. I would have brought in Sterling when he was cheap, and instead I've not had either of them all season. Um, but no, Sanchez isn't on my radar at the moment. There's other players on this list actually, which are more on my radar than, than Sanchez is. Well, I'd like to talk about Pierre Emmerich, Pierre Emerick Aubameyang. Um, as we've said, we I would like to call him a boomerang and pretend that we're Paul Merson every week, but I think maybe we should endeavour to pronounce something correctly. Some of us don't have to pretend to be Paul Merson. So it's a goal by a boomerang, Jeff. <laughs> is that Danny Salmon? <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> could be, could be. Um, but I mean, uh, I'm going to come to you uh, on this first, Tom, because obviously um, you, you guys who got the assist do a great series on prospecting the prospects, so taking a look at how players who, used, who haven't played in the Premier League before see what they've done in recent years in their own leagues and working out how well they can do in this league. And I seem to remember that your uh, research on Aubameyang was uh, was promising. I've done it wrong again. Aubameyang. On, on, <laughs> on, on, on P. On uh, PEA. On PEA. Yeah. On the P. On the, on the P, not Chicharito. Um, oh, that's, why it's, that's why it's difficult, isn't it? Um, <laughs> well, he's big P Pierre. and he's little P. Big, big Pierre. Yeah, big Pierre. Pierre, Pierre, Pierre. So your, um, yeah, your research on him was promising and obviously scored on his home debut. So, I mean... Um, does that make you think that um, he could be quite useful in the coming weeks? Oh, absolutely. Like, he, as I said in the article I did on him, I think he has the potential to break up the Kun, Kane, and, uh, and, and Firmino um, triumvirate. The Kun, Kun, Kane, Firmino triumvirate, right? Um, just because, like, last, the stats are really, really good for him. So he got 30, 13 in uh, 31 goals put on appearances last year. This year he was on 13 goals and three assists, uh, which is 100 points. And if we adjust that for actual FPL games, based on that, the points per game, I sound like an absolute nerd, don't I? Uh, that gives you 156 points, right? Um, it's pretty good. That would be kind of on level, uh, on level, I think, or just over Raheem Sterling in, in kind of second. Um, so he's, he's really an out-and-out goal scorer, which is really cool. Like, a really nice stat is that he's scored 100 goals, now 101, of course. Yeah. And he's uh, delivered 20 assists since the start of 15-16, which means a goal or assist every 83 minutes on the pitch. He's outscored Kane for goals per game. So 0.97 goals per game for Aubameyang, 0.91 for Kane. That's obviously slightly gone down, so they've gone up now. Uh, actually, no, it's, it's evened up. No, it's all the same. Course, because Kane actually scored him. Yeah. Um, yeah, so less shots than Kane. Um, but what's really key is that despite the fact he has less shots per game, so Kane has 5.78, uh, Aubameyang has 3.62. This was based on the season data, just uh, this season's data so far. Um, the fact is that Aubameyang scores more and he scores at a greater rate, slightly greater rate than Kane, which shows that he's got a ridiculous conversion rate. 
Uh, this guy's really clinical, and he could be a really exciting player to have in, especially after. I think it's the uh, next couple of games for us are not, are not particularly fantastic. We've got Spurs away and Man City at home. But from game week 29, right, we've got such a clear run in. We only play Man United in game week 36 away. Um, but between game week 29 and 38, we played Brighton, Watford, Leicester, Stoke, Southampton, Newcastle, West Ham, Man United, uh, Burnley, and Huddersfield. Um, he's got no other real um, considerations. I don't. Uh, he, he's probably not. We're out of the FA Cup, for example. So yeah. definitely be playing games. He's cup tied um, for the Europa League, I, isn't he? Sorry. He's cup tied for the Europa League. Is that correct? Yeah, and I was going to say yeah. He's he's, he's cup tied for the Europa League too. So he's going to have no focus whatsoever except to try to get us to the Arsenal position of fourth. <laughs> um, and a, play, a player like that, especially when you know Liverpool top tasters going to kick in big time in the Champions League. Um, and you know, Kun Aguero is going to be sharing time with, with Jesus before long, and they've got the Champions League, and we know that Pep likes to rotate too. On the other hand, you've got Arsenal with, with nothing except the Premier League to really focus on. I mean, maybe the Europa League, if we get towards the end, that might change. But Aubameyang is always going to be playing. Those fixtures are great. Like, I, I can't really see any argument against seriously considering him alongside Harry Kane who I probably will just never sell <laughs> even even you know, if, I, if I was uh, in 30 years time I'd still be kind of clutching to Harry Kane <laughs> uh, just because he's just so, he's just uh, so, he's just so good but um, yeah uh, that's my thinking thinking of Aubameyang yeah. 10.5 is, is really great for maneuverability yeah it's a, good, it's a good value isn't it I mean Jack do you think you'll get Aubameyang in no, oh, no, no, no. I just I, again, I don't think I can raise the money. Bear in mind, bear in mind. I've already I've already used my second wild card. So I don't have yeah. that option. Yeah, it's true. Um, I think so. I've got Kane, and then my next highest striker is Firmino. So there's such a big gap to make up that I don't think I can do it without taking another big points hit, which I'm not going to do after taking an eight point hit and only getting twenty five points this week. Um, I think you need to be worried about Tom coming around and attacking you now. He seems very upset that you're not going to go for the big P. Well, if, if, if someone wants to donate two million from their funds, I'm more than happy to... <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe, you've maybe. got quite a lot, Dave, in your bank, so don't you? Yeah, my value's 104 now. So, so if you, you give we, me two, then I'll... I'll, I'll on an interest rate of like 50%. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, okay, so if you don't want to cover Aubameyang, that brings us quite nicely on to the other person I think we should name check and then the other sort of four, we'll just sort of pick one we think is particularly mm. one that we... We like the look of Henrik Mkhitaryan then a lot cheaper seven six. I mean theoretically a backdoor way into getting into Aubameyang. Of course he's not cupped up for Europa League, so he does come with the caveat of he is going to possibly be rotated more. Is he someone you're looking at? Surely. Yes. Yeah. As Tom mentioned, the next two fixtures are a bit tough, but yeah. then having those two extra fixtures to weigh up whether it's either Walcott or Mkhitaryan, I think that will be the, the decision I'll have to make. I've also got cheaper moting who I want to get rid of as well. I bought him in as a cheap option, but and I've also got. Um, What's the, what's the Palace player that's injured? I always forget his name. What, Luka Milivojevic? No, the one that's injured. Oh, the one that's injured. Loftus-Cheek, Loftus-Cheek. Uh-huh. Loftus-Cheek. I've still got him in my team, which I can't get rid of as well, because there's no one around that price bracket. Oh, in the third yeah, yeah, okay. So there's a few players I need to get in midfield, but Mkhitaryan is the top of my watch list. But okay. I'll watch these next two game weeks, compare it to... Uh, to Walcott and then make a decision. Okay, yeah, I mean that that, that, sounds, that, that seems a bit logical for me. Yeah, I know. I was going to say, like, I mean, I suppose Tom is surprised you don't want to get the big P, Aubameyang. Uh, there we go. I pronounced him correctly. Um, you know, but I'm but I'm not because I'm used to your approach and it's and it is all very illogical. So I'm quite surprised to see you use some logic to say I'm, you want to get Mkhitaryan. The famous last words. So we've both said this a lot this season, but I'm planning to make no transfers this week and then have two for the following week. I mean, yeah, that's sensible. Thing but we've to both do. said that so many times, haven't we? Then... I've been saying it for four weeks and I still have to take a four. Point, I end up taking a four point hit and I don't know why. I can't control myself. But <laughs> minus four is the new zero we've found this season, so it's not too bad. Um, the, the last sort of four on our, on our list uh, are Amer uh, Laporte, uh, Lucas Moura, Chank Tosin, and Guido Carrillo. Uh, 
who are four people that sort of people are kind of generally looking at the people that Tom has obviously done some research on as well. I mean, is there a particular out of those four, uh, Tom, that you're a bit more excited about than the others? Um, well, I think probably on that. I mean, they're all a bit. They've all got their pluses and minuses, and I'd say that you know Laporte is one that's going to be part of a rotation strategy at, at Man City. Yeah. I wouldn't be thinking that he's going to be doing any great shakes in his own. I think the reality is that his impact is going to be that Otamendi owners are going to be nervous and wanting to sell on. Um, Lucas Moura, again, he's 8.0, which is on a par with Son, but it's whether he can make it into the team. Um, but he is quite a promising player. Um, Tozen, I think, is probably going to be better, more interesting than Carrillo. Uh, I think that is based on the fixtures. Um, so Everton... After they play Chelsea in, uh, sorry, after they play Man City in game week uh, 32, that is their last difficult fixture um, for the rest of the season. Oh, sorry, after they play Liverpool in game week 33, that is their last difficult fixture um, to the end of the season. And uh, Toes, a big fat Sam has come out and said, sorry, can I say that? Yeah, um, oh, you can call him that. Yeah, that's fine, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, Sam Allardyce, former England manager and, uh, and stand up gentleman. Possible fraudster. Um, sorry, I, I, I mean stand-up guy um, ha, has come out and said that um, you know he uh, to, uh, said to, that Tosin's not being played at the moment because he's being kind of eased in. He's not quite used to the physicality. And Tosin's come out and said, "Yeah, that's fine. I kind of get that." If we take that at face value, I think what that will mean is that later on in the season he'll do pretty well. Or sorry, later on in the season he'll come into the game. Yeah. And uh, I I think that the stats um, from his time. Uh, 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 were actually were pretty encouraging um, he takes a shot at a similar rate to Lukaku like a lot of his stats were very similar to Lukaku he seemed a similar sort of player to Lukaku so if there's still enough of a hangover in the Everton team um, I mean they've got about 5 million number 10s haven't they but this is the first time they've had a number 9 in um, since Lukaku um, who can actually play football in the Premier League unlike Sandro Ramirez um, so I think he um I think he's one that potentially will be keeping an eye on later on in the season. It's more of a slow burn. So maybe around kind of game week 34, 35 kind of time. Um, but of the, those four all carry significant minuses at the moment. And they're all ones that you're going to be waiting and seeing on because of you know, rotation and form and adjustment to the Premier League. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's definitely true, I think. You are listening to Waiting, waiting on, on the, the Bonus Points. points. So we just want to talk a little bit about Mo Salah because the theme that we're all getting from a lot of game weeks in recent weeks is that we, we all have Salah. Like Most people that we know who are still playing the game all have Salah, but we don't really captain him enough. Um, and I kind of, so I mean, just to back that up with my own stats, so I did a little bit of research into how I view, because I've had Salah since game week one and he's been in and out of my team on and off uh, around wild cards and then obviously that injury had at the beginning of the year and cost me 0.6, but we don't like to talk about that because I don't want to get too we depressed. Do. We, we, do, we, do, we, we do want to talk about that. We really well, like talking about Well, I'm the host, so we're not talking about it. Um, <laughs> um, so just, I mean, so looking at myself, I've only actually captained him three times this season and, and basically one of those was game week two and that was when he didn't start. So like basically I've captained him three times, two blanks and um, only once has he beaten my vice captain when I've captained him, but he blanked in that week anyway. So he's been my vice captain seven times. In those seven occasions, he beat my captain six times uh, and only got beaten by the captain once. And then he's either he's either outscored my vice captain or my captain or both when he's been neither five times, which means that out of the twenty five game twenty six games we've played, he probably should have been my captain twelve times, which is nearly half, and wasn't. 
and and yet he's punished me every time. And the, the weird thing is, is that we see this trend developing where like basically he's not the captain and he does like really really well. So I mean, I, I mean, I, I, what I wanted to ask you, Tom, obviously with your psychological uh, expertise, do you think there's like a reason why he seems to have kind of escape that line? Like even though every week he punishes people, and then the next week people just don't captain him again. Oh, absolutely. I mean, just to just talk about how good Salah is, just for a second, by <laughs> yeah. time. Like, I wrote a little comparison on Kane versus Solara a little while ago and banged on about the fact that Kane had the higher ceiling, but Solara the higher floor, yada, yada, yada. Um, the stats in the article has like, been updated, and it's ridiculous. Like, Solara's blanked six out of 25 games, which is 24%, versus Kane of 52%, so he's blanked in 13 of his 25 games. Salah, 8.16 points per game, versus uh, Kane, just 6.44, or just comparatively, of course. Uh, Salah scores against all sorts of teams and blows Kane out the water against big teams. I mean, he's got 56.6 overall ownership, so that's 100% defensive ownership. Should we be captaining every week? Almost definitely. Have I done it this season? No, I haven't captained <laughs> at all. Not once. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm an idiot, right? <laughs> and there are... Um, Psychologically, yes. Uh, I, I thought that was really interesting that, <laughs> that uh, you, you've noted that. And um, there are a couple of things thinking about it which are behind that. I'm not going to go into it too much, but it's the psychology of habit and the psychology of loyalty, uh, which are the two things that really inform that decision. The psychology of loyalty, um, there's lots of different ways of looking at it. Uh, but one of the key things is that you rely on a lot of kind of prior uh, experience with something um, in order to trust it. And trusting something uh, means that you're able to take risks with that trust. And with Salah, the thing is, is that most captains have overlooked him. There have been other players that I kind of think, you know what, I trust them more. Uh, key example being Harry Kane. Captain uh, Raheem Sterling a couple of weeks ago, he got two assists for me. And that was a prime opportunity to captain Salah, obviously, against Huddersfield. I just kind of, I, I don't know, I just thought that, that on that occasion it was differential uh, to go away from Salah because I mean, think to be quite contrarian as well. It was just a mix of factors. But I mean, ultimately, I mentioned like trust and loyalty. And um, I think I don't quite have that trust in Salah yet, and I should. Um, I know I should specifically, it's just when you have the irrational side of it, like when you're thinking about your captain, which is such like a... If you play FPL a fair bit, it's going to sound quite sad, but it's quite like an emotional investment in your captain as well. Yeah, that is because true. Because I think on like, you, know, you and I have had a few texts, uh, a few DMs on Twitter, Dave, when we've both been like distraught about the captain. <laughs> and, um, yeah, exactly. Like, it, it genuinely like annoys you so much if your captain doesn't do well but a lot of the time I've just kind of in the, failed to take the emotion out of it like I spoke earlier about how I want to objective and the choices I make um, there's a plane going over me and I want to be objective in the choices I make um, but at the same time sometimes there's, there's that element of emotion I can't quite control and every time I see I kind of have an opportunity to captain this lot I've not quite done it yeah, and I haven't done too badly captain the choices wise this year actually I haven't been trolled by Kane too much like I've always kind of oh, moved yeah. it around fairly successfully it's just been my picks and my blanks which have been terrible you are listening to Waiting, Waiting on, on the, the Bonus, bonus Points, points. so we're going to finish uh, we are going to finish with our usual quiz section which is Friday Night Deadline we figured that if we're going to have a guest who obviously as he has demonstrated on two occasions now very knowledgeable about FPL there's no reason why we can't continue our quiz even without Baron here um, just to explain to you how the rules work Tom so we have 12 questions that Jack has written up uh, numbered 1 to 12 uh, we each take it in turns to pick a number at random and then that will be our question 
Um, and then so then it's a case of getting it right or wrong and then whoever has the most at the end is the winner. Um, the only caveat is you have five seconds in which to answer your question, which sounds like, like not a lot of time. And that's probably true because it is not a great deal of time because we figured that Friday night deadlines are always one of those things where you have no time to make a decision and, you, and it's really important. So we thought, let's reflect that in a quiz. Friday night deadline, five seconds to get your and answer. You, you spend the first four seconds thinking, oh, I've only got five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the only other thing is we have a chip as well. So we've added a chip in recent weeks called the Captain Chip, uh, which works exactly like it does in FPL. Effectively, uh, if you, we don't know which of those 12 questions is the Captain question. If you pick that number, Jack will then reveal it as the Captain question. If you get it correct you will then be able to double the score of your next answer. So if you get the captain question correct, and then you get the question after that correct, you get two points instead of one. If you get the captain question correct, and then you get the next question incorrect, zero doubled is zero. And the captain question is about captains Oh yeah, as well. the, Yeah, so it's not necessarily always about football. So it has been about like Roy Keane in the past, because he's a, he's a captain. But on the same time, it's also been about Captain America. So it could be about any captain. And there's so, also one question that's not about football as well. So uh, Just to so, keep yeah. us on our toes. So are you okay with that, Tom? Yeah, okay. He's ready to go. So, so, what points did you both get? So, I think I got. Uh, yeah. Let guess go first. Yeah, let guess you go first. So, you pick a number 1 to 12, and Jack will read very clearly your first question. Uh, 8. Okay, so I've had to change this question this morning because David retweeted it, and then I think you liked it, Tom. So, uh, <laughs> I've had to change it. West Ham are set to sign Patrice Evra, who will be eligible to play in the Premier League despite a ban from his time in Marseille, as it only relates to UEFA competitions. But when does his UEFA ban come to an end? I need a month and a year. Got five uh, seconds. Two, two, two years. Oh. No, June 2018 is the, is the answer for that one. Oh, the wow. question was originally just going to be, who is West Ham linked to signing? Because I wrote it last night, but because oh, you retweeted right. it, I thought I'd better change that. Apologies, yeah. No, when me and Tom saw that this morning, <laughs> we were quite excited by that. I mean, that could be a great signing. So, uh, unlucky there, Tom. I mean, um, I have to admit, I wouldn't have had a clue on that one, so... Um, so it's, uh, so my first question I'm going to go with Baron always used to pick number 9 so I'll continue that tradition the Alan Shearer tradition question number 9 please Jack so this is a non-football question ok fans were treated in the latest Super Bowl as the Philadelphia Eagles beat the New England Patriots 41-33 but what year was the first Super Bowl played oh, I should know this I'm a big, big NFL fan is, was it 1964 oh. no it was not Tom any ideas Oh, absolutely not. 1949. <laughs> 1967. It's so definitely far away. Yeah, I, was say, I, knew it was, I knew it was the 60s, but it should be worth pointing out for people who don't know that the, uh, the Super Bowl as a concept uh, it had been around a long before that. It just wasn't called the Super Bowl. Mm. It was slightly different. But hey, I've, I've got a question wrong on my supposed specialist subject, so I really should feel quite so, embarrassed. So, nil nil after one. Mastermind and nil nil after one. <laughs> Tom, back to you. Uh, what? Number one. Okay. The worldwide average point score in game week 26 was just 43 points. But how many times this season has the average been lower than that? Oh my god. Uh, five? <laughs> no, unfortunately not. Just once. Really? Oh, wow. Once, wow. and that was in game week 8 when it was 41 points. I think there have been three occasions where it's also been 43 points, but just once. That's a proper, like, if you know it, you know it. If you don't, it's a guess. But I, I like the question. I think it demonstrates a good point. We moan about how bad that game week was. It was the second lowest average score, so there we are. Um, so I'll have question seven, please, Jack. Question seven. <clears throat> Only one player has missed more than one penalty in the Premier League this season. Who? Uh, Salah? No, of course it's not. No. Is it Vardy? No, it's not Vardy. Tom, any ideas? 
Uh, you don't get any points for this. <laughs> no, I don't know. No. Wayne Rooney. Really? He's won against no, no. West Ham yeah, in game yeah. week 14 and Swansea in game week 18. I don't know why I said... I, I really don't like Salah, like, subconsciously, do I? Because <laughs> I haven't captained him enough. And then I'm... Because I knew he missed that one in what, like, game week 10 or something. I, I don't know why. Yeah, I Huddersfield, yeah. Huddersfield, that's right, yeah. So, well, there we go. Um, so just nil, nil, nil still. Still nil, nil. So it's still very close. Yeah, very, very close. <laughs> Tom, back to you. There's still the captain card yeah, as well. Roberto Carlos, please. Number three. So... Chelsea suffered an embarrassing 4-1 defeat to Watford on Monday night, but which two Watford players were named in the Dream Team this week? Uh, Jan Matt and Decore. Yeah. Oh, you got one of them right. It was Jan Matt and Delafeo. Of course it was, yeah. Goal and assist. I would have actually said exactly the same as you, Tom, so I think... Yeah, that's a, that, that's yeah, that a sneaky one, because a lot of people just perhaps maybe forget subconsciously that he's there. He's not been there long enough. Back to you, Dave. So let's have question 12. Question 12. Still no correct answers. <clears throat> when was the last game week where there were three strikers named in the side? Sorry, sorry, let me rework that. I've, I've read that totally wrong. <laughs> when was the last game week where there were three strikers named in the Dream Team side? So what was the game week number? Yeah, and you can have two either side. Oh, okay. Uh, game week 19. Total guess. What your things, your things got no, drum, drum, drum roll, drum roll, please, drum, drum roll, roll, please, the, uh, because the back. sound effects. I'll have returned. Have I got it right? No. <laughs> no you not. Game week sixteen. You had two other sides. You only did oh, short of it. I mean, that's oh, another one. Game week eighteen would have counted. Can you tell us who the strikers were? Was it like Kane, Lukaku, Morata? Well, something? you would think, wouldn't you? It was actually Gale, Defoe, and Munier. Of course, of course, it was. <laughs> that's why I didn't ask you who they were. <laughs> Savage question, that. No, you were just one week away, though. You would have oh, got your second game you would have got well, a there we go, nil-nil still. So, three each, still nil-nil. Tom, back to you. Uh, Gary Neville. Number two. Number two. So, that is the captain question. Oh, hello. So, so, this question is about captains. And it can be captains. I think your first one was about scouts, wasn't it, Dave, or something? Something like scouts. that, yeah. So, <clears throat> originally running from 1977 to 1980, which American animated cartoon character produced by Hanna-Barbera Solved mysteries of Brenda, Dee Dee, and Taffy, who are also known as the Teenagers. Uh, gadget. <laughs> I've got no idea as well. To be fair, oh, don't forget there's a captain question. Captain Caveman. Of course. Oh, oh of course. <laughs> captain oh, Caveman. Yeah. yeah. That is. Yeah. I should. Yeah. I, I, I actually know who that is now, but like, it just I couldn't. I don't think anyone's won the. Captain, I, didn't, I didn't know he was a detective, though. That sort of threw me. Yeah. You know? like, I, thought, I thought Captain Caveman, but I thought, well, there's no way that he could be a detective. Like, I've, I've never seen the show. Was he the. Sorry. Was he the guy who was also, like, him and. There was one who looked exactly like him and they were in the wacky race? I don't think well. it was the same character, that was just more Caveman, I think. They look similar. Wait, that's what I mean, because it's Hanna Barbera again? Yeah, yeah, it is Hanna Barbera. It was like, it wasn't even found in Adam Sandler, too. Yes. But, oh, yeah, oh, God, that's ridiculous. Anyway. So you've, continued, but you've continued a fine tradition there, Tom. We've had the captain chip maybe four weeks, and to this day, no one's got it right yet. So, Although on this quiz, no one's got anything right yet. So, well, Dave, the pressure is on. <laughs> we're supposed to be experts. I thought this was going to be a high scoring well, round. Ever. Yeah, I know. We've got, we've got two. So we've got four, five, six, ten, eleven left. Okay, I'll have my, my favourite squad number back from when I used to play for my university. Number ten. Number ten. Is your favourite person? Oh. Mohamed Salah has been a revelation in the Premier League this season. But how many times has he been named in the FPL Dream Team? Oh my day. Uh, 12 times. Oh. I bet it's 13 or something. Eight. Oh, really? Okay. Because I was trying to think of, because like, he's, he, like, that like we talked earlier with Tom, like, his, his, um, 
he will always get you something, and but he will occasionally explode as well. I just yeah, I've got yeah. That was again, it's just another guess. What I was hoping the question was going to be was that Mohamed Salah has yeah. been a revelation in Never the Premier League. Never been the star player. <laughs> yeah. How do you spell his name? Yeah, I was I was hoping it was just going to be like he's been a revelation in the in the league this season. True or false? Which team does he play for? <laughs> right, so Tom, we've got four, five, six, and eleven left. Eleven, please. So eleven, do you say? So Hatam El Saka, who is from Egypt, had the highest scoring team this week. But how many points did he get? And you can have three points either way. Uh, 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 180. Hey, he's got it right. Oh, yes. You're one out. 119 was the exact oh, answer. Nicely done. So finally, we have a converted penalty. Nice. So. How many questions have we got left each? Because you've I, got two. I'm, Tom's got one. Oh, okay. So it's getting it's getting pretty squeaky bum time. So congratulations, Tom. You've you've gone into the lead, David. Four, five, or six? Uh, oh, no, are you serious? Just remember that four, five, or six. Yeah. So here, just say just he needs to say his question number. Yeah. Hello. Hello. There you go. So I don't know what this keeps happening. Whenever whenever we have guests, this always happens. But again, four, usual yeah. a, a nice helpful position. So is it my question, Jack? Yeah. So four, five, six. So yeah. You'll just start with a number. Yeah. Numbers. And we'll start just, with a number. Yeah. Yeah. So shall I clap? Yeah. I'll have question six, please, Jack. How many? Uh, hang on. We start that again. Sorry, do that again. I'll have question six, please, Jack. How many of the top ten most owned players play for Manchester City? Four. What, no, well, no, you haven't won, you haven't won. That is the wrong sound effect. There we go. I got overexcited because David got one right. Oh, there we yeah, go. Four, can you name them? That's the, you don't lose the point. Okay, uh, De Bruyne, Sterling, what, most owned, yeah? Uh, yeah. De Bruyne, Sterling, Otamendi, and... I don't want to say Aguero. Um, if you said Aguero, you'd be right. Oh, walk. Oh, oh, Aguero, really? yeah. Oh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> So well, that's a shame. That, that, that tells me he's no longer differential for me. But. So out, out of um, out of nowhere, no bright answers. You both got one right. So okay, four and five are the two left. Tom. Uh, five. Right. Okay. Who is the currently most in form player in FPL? Uh, most luck. No, uh, it's not. Hazard, guess. Uh, it's not Hazard. <laughs> okay, well, well, well. <laughs> uh, I've got no idea. I've got no idea. It's James Ward-Prowse. Oh, of course, because he, he's, he's been, been involved in. He's yeah. been involved in five goals in the last six. Current rating nine point three. Form form rating. Wow. Yeah, because Salah had. Uh, he had a he had a blank in the last five or six something like that. Yeah, because I think he, he, I captured him a few weeks. He only got two points. It's oh. against Swansea. Back to that same old issue again. Of course it was. It was Swansea, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. Right, so this is my opportunity to win. So if you get this, last you, you win, Dave. And if, if it says the draw, you've got a tiebreaker, which is just a who am I, is that correct? Yeah. Awesome, okay, right. So, so oh, well, I don't have to choose, do I? For this answer, you can have one point either way. Right, okay. Let me just make sure I get the... Uh, yeah, get the sound right the sound time. effects in, in play here. Only one striker made it into the Dream Team, and that was Bournemouth's... Liss Muset, is that right? Yeah, probably, yes. <laughs> but how many points did he have before registering eight this game week? You can have one either way. Oh, I don't know, like 20. No. It's lower than 20, isn't it? Because he barely plays. 14. 14. Yeah. You can have from 13 so, to 15. So he, so he now has, what, like 22? Well, 
Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. So I was close. So I was sort of half right. The, if the question was different, I would have got it right. But that is good. That is good news because that means the tiebreaker comes into effect, Wait. which is always nice. Okay. So, so Tom, for this, do you explain, Dave? Yeah. So the tiebreaker is just simply as who am I, isn't it? So Jack will read out ten clues, something like that. One clue at a time. One clue at a time, and then basically just shout out if you think you know it. Okay. So here we go. I have played in every Premier League game for my team this season. I was born in 1989. I've only played for two teams permanently in my career, although I had one brief loan spell at Wigan where I played four matches. I've been with my current club since May 2014. I've played for England under-20s and England under-21s, but have never made a senior appearance. I have won the Premier League. What on earth? I've got no idea. I am a winger and wear the number 11 shirt. Nathan Dyer. No. My initials are M.A., That's all the clues. <laughs> We've reached the end. Um, MA. Played every minute. Must be a goalie then. Played every Premier League game, not every minute. Oh, in every game. Oh, my days. I've got no idea. I, I, this is the first time I've had to do one. I'm really terrible at this. I've done, I did that oh, Tom Heaton one I recently. I don't mean to rub it in, but I got it after the first clue. Yeah, last, yeah, last week, one clue. Eric Boy? <laughs> Straight off. Um, Any ideas, Tom? <laughs> Mark Brighton. Yeah. Oh, he's got it, yeah. Oh, oh, hey, there we Mark go. Mark So there we go. Yeah, no, that makes total sense now. Yeah. Oh. That's a 100% record for Tom in the uh, in the quiz. Yeah, yeah, exactly. One 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 played, so, one win. Although I do think a score of 1-1 yeah. is pretty shocking considering you're both experts. Yeah, so that's true. That was, yeah, but I mean, don't, a lot of those questions were guest questions rather than what you know questions. Right? <laughs> exactly, so, exactly. I'm just happy that David lost, really. <laughs> of course you are, of course you are. <laughs> He's he's keen to get anyone on who can beat me at a quiz. He loves that because I think the first time we did it, it was a week. The first time I ended up participating in the quiz rather than writing the questions was a week after I'd won a pub quiz, and I mentioned that, and you did not let me live it down that I said that and then lost. Yeah. To you. But I've forgotten. Who's notorious, for reminding me. Notoriously terrible quizzes is Jack, but hey. Hey, you never beat Baron though. Uh, um, that is possibly true. That is true, and I did yeah. beat Baron. Oh uh, yeah, okay. Twice. All right, well, way to make me feel rubbish. There Thanks, we go. Jack. There we go. <laughs> Bottom of the food chain. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, we always like to uh, end with a little stat of the week, um, which this week is about Bournemouth. Uh, it is that Bournemouth have had more efforts on goal in the last six game weeks than both Manchester United and Arsenal. So if people are looking at some nice fixtures lining up and looking for some goals, probably not by Callum Wilson because he loves to disappoint you. Definitely the case. Um, <laughs> That's certainly the case. The so basically the Cherries have, have fired off 91 shots in the last six games, uh, Man United 90, so only one less, and Arsenal's just below that on 80. But it shows you the kind of... Uh, uh, area of the table in the form table that Bournemouth are uh, kicking on with with their goals so it's worth considering that uh, as we go forward um, as usual on our website this week we've got um, plenty of uh, preview stuff for game week 27 it is now it seems like they're coming thick and fast each week but yeah we'll have uh, previews of who you should captain uh, who you should be signing who you should be selling uh, obviously uh, we've had question time today which Tom has played a big part of so uh, go and have a recap there we discussed some big issues uh, like how to plan for the blank game weeks and the double game weeks um, as we get a bit more information on them and how to play a chip so have a look at those um, thanks again Tom for coming on I hope you've enjoyed today yeah it's been really good thanks for having, having me on the game guys uh, really good fun as usual and uh, yeah well it, it definitely avenges the, uh, the pun loss uh, that is true at, at Halloween um, so I take it it's, it's 1-1 David. Next time I'm going to take the lead. So I'm going to take, and then David will send you your trophy uh, in the post. <laughs> <laughs> so he's called me out. He's called me out. He's basically penciled himself in for a third appearance. Third appearance already. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, if you 
I'll try to send Nick on next time. I think it's uh, a lot of the time it's because like um, I'm aware that it's, it often seems to be me who does a lot of these things. Just because Nick, Nick's like job is not as kind of nice as mine in a lot of ways. Yeah. yeah. Not that I'm not not that I'm doing this in non-work hours, employers. <laughs> yeah. But, um, We're doing uh, this 8 yeah. p.m. in the evening. Don't worry. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh, it's just such a nice, such a nice meeting, isn't it? Exactly. Um, but, um, but yeah, like, uh, just wanna, just wanna I just want to say that Nick is obviously a massive help as well uh, with, with everything. So hopefully mm. um, I, I can send him on as well and you, you guys yeah. can delight in him rather than bored by me next time. <laughs> yeah, well, he, he's having a good season, isn't he? So we'll make sure we, we get some of his tips, definitely. Um, yeah, so um, as we said, keep an eye on our website this week for all of the content that we're going to do. And we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Waiting on the Bonus Points. We're always happy to help you out with your FBL team. So if you have any questions for our panel, follow or tweet us at FBL underscore Herald. Nu de Samsung S9 Plus. Voor een genadeloos lage prijs. Check tele2.nl voor de beste deal voor jou. Niet omdat het moet, maar omdat het kan.